I'm Marty Grizzani, and this is The Marty Grizzani Show. As a full-time real estate investor and business owner, I have a real fascination of finding the key principles for business success and personal development. This show is a reflection of my personal mission to find out what truly makes somebody successful in business and in life. We will find tools and tactics that they've used to reach those levels. If you're the type of person is not satisfied with average and you have a hunger for learning that will never cease, this show is for you. Welcome to the show. Okay, so I'm, I'm really excited about this uh, guest here today. I, I'm a, obviously a big fan of the, the portfolio, the work, uh, just what they bring to the city of Rochester. I, I really believe this, Ken, and, I, and the person I'm talking to is Ken Glazer, the CEO and chairman of Buckingham Properties. And, and we're going to, I want Ken to kind of give a little bit of a, you know, who he is and what he does. But before that, you know, guys, if you don't know Buckingham Properties, it, you know, you've probably been living under a rock. It, they, you know, they per, the, Buckingham Properties owns and manages over 10 million square feet of real estate. And why I'm such a big fan is that not many companies have continued to invest in the city of Rochester like Buckingham Properties. And, you, you know, you, you think about the companies that are downtown, Ken, like you got you know, really cool things happening, obviously now. But back then, when your family was investing in it, when you and, and, and you know, it wasn't the coolest thing in the world to do. You know, truthfully, it, it really wasn't. And so that's why I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, of what you guys done. I mean, some of my favorite projects from the Butler Till building to, you know, obviously Tower 280 and some, some obviously, you know, some really cool office and industrial um, but anyway, Ken, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I wanted to, to jump in with this because one of my experiences and what I've seen with some, you know, world-class leaders and, and top-level business owners is, is they respond right away. Okay. And so one of your biggest pet peeves is, uh, is a lack of response. So. Where did I say that? I don't know where I said that. It must have been on another one of these because you're not the only person who apparently picked up on that. So it's good. It's interesting you mentioned that. Well, it, here, well, let me ask you this. Is it because of that you respond quickly? And so you're saying it, it's kind of like, because I do, right? So the people I know that have a lot going on are typically the ones that are responding the fastest. Is it because you do the, it, hey, I'm the you know, effing CEO and I'm responding. Why aren't you? Do, is, that, is that kind of the feel that you have for it? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, I could probably respond a little quicker myself, to be honest. Um, sometimes you just don't get to it, but I'm talking about little things where you're trying to make plans or you don't know what to do this way or that way. And you just don't know uh, yes or no, or say something, but the, the no response just leaves you kind of wondering, you know, and, and then you're kind of stuck not going forward or backwards or left or right. And so, I, yeah, you know, that's uh, one of the things I guess I'm kind of pinned with now. So I got to be better with it. <laughs> well, it's good that people know, because now if there's something that's just sitting there, they'll uh, make sure they get back to you. No, I, I think it's important because it's uh, it's something that I've seen that if you're, hey, 
get back to people. And actually it resonated with me where there was an email in my inbox that someone asked a broker, you know, what are your thoughts on this project? And you know, it's like, get back to people, right? People, people are waiting for that. Even if you just tell them, like you were saying before, even if you just say, Hey, I haven't quite run the numbers yet, or Hey, hey this is not going to get done until, you know, two weeks from now, but at yep. least there's a response. Yeah. At least, you know, okay, two weeks, we'll wait, or that doesn't work or whatever. Just, yeah. So I, I think it's, it has to come down to kind of just respect for other people's time and that, you know, that's kind of, we're in the game of relationships and that's an important part, you know, it's an important part. It's an important yep. part. I think uh, one of the other things that with that response and getting back to people is, is decision-making. Do you, because you're able to get back to people, do you, do you feel like you're, you're also someone who makes a decision when you, when you have all the information, do you feel like you're in that position as a CEO where you're making quick decisions? Yeah, I think by the time it gets to me and all the information is sort of assembled, I think the decision usually is pretty obvious and it's not much of a decision. I mean, if I'm doing my job right and I'm collecting all the data, then it's going to be pretty clear what direction we're going. And, and my job is to sort of deliver that final message, but it's going to be a really very rare case where my guys are telling me one thing and I go, you know what? I don't think so. We're going other direction okay um, so, no that's yeah. fair i think that's about right right you don't want to be making the the those kind of small day-to-day -day decisions it's you have people that are doing some of those things and, and if you've done a good job you've trained them to do those decisions you know you've done a good job to have them make those decisions so that when there is something that's a, a larger decision you're able to, to act on it um i you know one of the things that i wanted to ask you and i know the group has too and the the projects that you do in the projects that Buckingham is still doing, you know, I got to imagine that you're very still a hungry and competitive business. Is that fair to say? Without question. I, I think we're actually kind of getting hungrier right now because just like everybody, there was kind of a pause in COVID and the city sort of paused a little bit and now it's ramping back up again and there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of projects. There's a lot of public funding happening. Um, we want to be at, you know, the front line of that. So if we don't, there was a time where, you know, if we didn't step up, it was kind of just quiet. But right now, if you don't step up, someone else will jump in that seat real quick. Um, so there's some competitiveness to kind of say, okay, we want to continue doing this. We're going to have to get a little more aggressive than maybe we had in the past um, to stay ahead of the curve. No, I love that. I uh, and I appreciate that. That's that's how I feel, and I think that's uh, what we're seeing with the the Butler Till and, and a, a number of different things. But I thought you you actually said something that was very interesting as well. You you, you guys wanted to get back to doing what Buckingham does, which is taking distressed properties and and bring new life into them, right? Yep. That yep. is uh, the base case, the foundation of, you know, commercial real estate investing. And, you know, one of the things you were saying is maybe you guys kind of lost your way a bit with where you were going. So what's that look like now? Like, is there, when you're looking at deals, is it, hey, 
it, now you kind of know your buy box or your project box. Is that something that is now well known through the team and yourself? Or yeah, I mean, we've always considered ourselves after opportunistics. You know, whenever there's a good deal, we'll take it. What are we really looking for? Yeah, those are the sweet spot that we want the most. But we'll look at anything. Um, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, Rochester Rochester still has a long way to go in terms of getting redeveloped. I mean, there's so many opportunities there. Um, and, you know, we're not done. We're not even close to done. So we want to be looking at some projects that maybe, you know, two years ago we weren't so sure about. Now there's some momentum happening in different places. And um, you can kind of see, you know, what the inner loop did. Um, you know, that clearly set a tone that, we none of us were so sure if it would work what would happen it's clearly working very well so now we're kind of setting the tone with the cities being a lot more partnership based right now to say hey if we set up this opportunity would you come along and do something with it and that system seems to be working pretty well not just for us but for a lot of you know developers in town and real estate owners um, and for the city you know we're, we're kind of getting back on the same page Communication has improved a lot with Malik. He's, he's been nothing short of fantastic. And I think there's a lot of hope right now um, all over the city. So I agree. I agree. I, uh, you know, obviously living here, you know, investing in here, uh, like yourself, you know, your office is, is right, right by my office. And uh, it, you can't help but see it, especially the inner loop. I mean, what a home run that I feel like that is. Do you expect the same for the next development with the inner loop? That's the, that other, the West side or whatever it is. I mean, do you think that it's still going to be an absolute home run like this one has been? I think it's going to be a little more challenging because of the surrounding area. It's just not the same as here. I mean, you know, this was a perfect storm of opportunity with the strong and the park Ave being so close. Um, I think that's going to be a little slower paced. And people a little, um, little more cautious about what they put down there, but it'll take off. Um, gonna, we do things kind of slowly in the hard way, but we get there. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I, uh, it's one of the you're know, talking about, you know, the the slow way is not. Unfortunately, that's kind of the way it works when you're working with different partners. But one of the characteristics that I've seen, and I want your opinion on this. One character characteristic that I've seen, what makes a leader or what makes somebody world-class is their urgency. And now you already said that, you know, you guys are, if not competitive, even more competitive than you have been and hungrier than you have been. Do you feel that urgency still? Like, do you yourself, are you, have you always had that? Has, you know, the, the, the family had that? Like, what's your thoughts there? Um, yes and no. I think certainly my father had it. I mean, he just had a chip on his shoulder and he was just a machine. Um, I kind of stepped in and tried to kind of go down that road, kind of lost my way a little bit in the middle and I've refound where I best, um, you know, where I'm best suited to spend my time. Um, we brought a new president over here last month. He's fantastic. He's freeing me up to do some things that I wasn't getting to. And, um, you know, for the first time, probably since my father, 
past, I'm actually feeling like this is my company and I can actually drive this right or left, wherever it's going to go. I feel like now I'm ready for it. And that took a long time to kind of get myself back on my feet in a way that a good leader has to be, um, you know, and it took some pain and some tough, tough days, but you know, keep fighting. And so, yeah, I think right now as a company, we're starting to really want to grow again. Um, and I think, you know, we're still poised to do it and good relationships. The company's doing well, properties are performing. So, um, yeah, we're really excited for what's coming down the road. You've, uh, you've been very candid about your, you know, past professional and, uh, and, and personal struggles. And I gotta tell you, I think my opinion is something that you don't see every day is realness in leaders and, and CEOs. Um, you know, people just even on like how, you know, constantly Instagram and, and Facebook videos and LinkedIn stuff, it, it always, it, it seems like realness is now a, uh, a commodity that people want. Right. And, and I will say this, that I believe that the more transparent and real, if done properly, uh, you, your, your followers, your, your employees, your partners, they'll, they'll run right through walls for you. Is that what you've experienced by being like that and open like that? Have you always been like that? Because I think that's incredible. Um, I would say I definitely was not always like that. Um, I think I had to sort of figure out a little bit of who I am as a person and then sort of figure out how to use that in the business world and not try to be someone I'm not. I mean, a lot of this, you know, goes back to sort of trying to follow in my dad's footsteps and realizing very sort of not, probably not quick enough that I am not him and that's okay. So then I had to sort of figure out, okay, what is it that I bring and what, what do I do well? What pieces do I need around me to succeed? And those are different pieces than what my father had. So um, the more genuine, the more I'm sort of saying, look, I, I can do certain things and certain other things. I'd rather have someone else take care of because they're better at that. That's allowing us to grow in a much healthier way. Um, and I think we're, you know, getting positioned to really go on a nice run. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, because this podcast is, yes, it's about real estate, but it's it's about develop personal development. It's about mindset. It's about leadership. And 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 some of those things that are important. I mean, all of those things are critical. But I think one of the most important thing is 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 the self awareness of a CEO and a leader. And you said that you maybe like you were just saying maybe had to take a step back to to kind of know that self-awareness. I, I actually had a, a thought when, when I was thinking about that in, in, in Buckingham, it might be similar and tell me if I'm wrong here, but like family legacy, right? Like I consider myself as the quote unquote Neo of my family, who's going to change the dynamic of our family. Like I'm, gonna ch I'm personally gonna change my family's tree. And maybe that was your father who did that. What I've also noticed with it though, is when you are the visionary, you also have a do it yourself type of approach to business. And when you're do it yourself, you're also what I've come to grips with. And I'm, I, it's a battle I'm, I, I continually battle with is you're also a little lazy. <laughs> and, and the fact that you don't take the time because you are 
doing it yourself to maybe teach those around you on what that looks like to make those kinds of decisions. You know, where is this company going? Is, yep. is that resonate at all with you? Oh yeah. I mean, without question, I think it's um, a critical piece of, of everything to kind of suggest, you know, here's my vision. What do you guys think? Can you help me get there? Um, you know, if I sit here and, and just sort of tell everybody, here's what we're doing, go do it. They're not going to, their heart won't be in it. They won't believe it. I mean, this only works as a team model. That's sort of the way we set this up. Um, and that wasn't always the case previously. It was sort of a, you know, my father built everything by himself. So he did every piece of every project. So I, I came in as an architect, you know, so that was my first strike against me as an architect. So um, I had to sort of learn a whole different mindset. Um, and in doing so, listen to my guys and sort of say, hey, what do you guys think? Here's what I'm thinking. Can we back it up? Can we get it work? You know, and, um, you know, like I said earlier, usually decisions just happen because everyone leads us to the right place. And then it's not really a decision at all. It just is crystal clear. This is what we should do. Guys, that was really good. I, if you if you go back and listen to that, I, I think that is uh, super valuable. Uh, that just take the the last ten seconds and listen back to that because I think that's an, I think that's incredible. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think when I was getting to with like the self awareness is knowing that like hey, in order for my business to grow, right, and we have to do it differently. We have to have it where everyone's in on it as well so that there is more where it's uh everyone has a stake in this too uh because that's how the really good company because that's you know you could always you can be good but how do you be great right it's going from good to great is super difficult and um and that was kind of my other thought too ken is you know wouldn't it be just so easy to take your foot off the gas funny yeah a lot of people ask me like why do you do this you, you don't need to i mean you're financially stable you got kids you're you got a beautiful wife and you're everything's going great why well, come in and drive you know and I, I think i just really enjoy it honestly at this point i'm really enjoying work and that was not always the case it was a little bit of a grind i didn't feel comfortable with what i'm doing now i get up i'm excited to get in and get some things done and i leave every day going i really wish i had more time but but i also get home to my kids and it's great so i mean my my, my life priorities i've gotten straightened out that you know this is this is really important because there's a lot of people that it affects but not more important than not having dinner with my kids or being yeah. at their sporting events. You know, that's, that's a window that you only get once. So don't want to miss it. Appreciate that. I, 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 I always wonder that with businesses that have kind of gotten to this level, uh, you know, wouldn't it, yeah, like you were saying, wouldn't it be easy to take your foot off the gas, but if you really love it and it's something that it drives you, then why would you ever stop? That would make you unhappy. Right. And, and, it's not work. It's enjoyable. It sort of keeps your, I don't plus I go crazy doing nothing. I, I, I'm not one of those people who can just sit around and do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I, uh, I can, I can feel that. I feel that pain as well. I, uh, and that's, and that's kind of goes back to the, you know, you're self-aware and, and, you know, the urgency and there is still something like that. It makes you want to just keep going uh, again. And it's the enjoyment of it. It's the enjoyment of building. And it also for, you know, I guess in the back of my head, it's, it's also a thing on, on, on legacy. You know, I obviously didn't know your father, but, you know, but I mean, I could always, you know, you can always tell who someone is by like the work that they've done and, uh, you know, the quality of work that they've done. And I think that that speaks uh, very, you know, very well to, I'm sure the person that he was, um, you know, one of the things about the city of Rochester that uh, that I had a thought on, and I wanted your opinion on this, is, you know, I always thought, okay, great, we got constellations now, but don't you think that, you know, if you're if you really want the city to to grow, like, why aren't Wegmans down here? Like, why aren't some of the other corporations down here? Like, what's their excuse? I think it's crap. I think that if you really want, if you're in this community and you truly are, and you've, and you've had a ton of success because of the people in this community, because it's the people that make those businesses go, employees, customers, all of that. I mean, what are your thoughts there? Well, I don't want to call out any of those companies because I know them and they're all hugely important pieces, especially the one you mentioned. Um, and they've shown interest downtown. They just haven't found that spot yet. And I don't know what the future is there. Um, but I think for a while, Rochester was just going the wrong way. So why would you do that to your employees if they don't feel safe walking from their car? Um, we're just getting to that point. Uh, I don't know if you were down in Jazz Fest, but um, we had over 200,000 people here and I, I never heard, I have yet to hear of a single car break in or someone getting mugged or any gunfire. You know, all those things that people that don't really know thinks downtown's about. Well, we just had two weeks of just people everywhere and it was fantastic. So the perception is always a problem, especially when you're recruiting employees. Um, that's, you know, do you, do they wanna be down here? They probably didn't five years ago, 10 years ago, but I think we're, we're changing that and it's gonna take a little, little more time, but we're getting there. And uh, you know, the footprint for what this could be is already in place. We just gotta execute and you know, guys like you know, Rob Sands coming down, that's just like fantastic. It sets the tone when they succeed and they bring all that, the next company is gonna notice it and say, hey, maybe we should consider this. Um, and then, you know, it's going to snowball and next thing you know, we'll be where we should be. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Even though, okay. you know, I, I'm a little more aggressive on those things. I, I, and I, I'm I a little, get it. yeah, I'm a little more political. I have, you know, some of these guys, I don't, and, and they're all great companies. And I think, you know, all in good time and they all have their reasons. Yes. All right. Fair enough. I'll take <laughs> your, I'll take that. Um, you know, so what, so one of the things that I was always thinking about too is, you know, at that, at the level that, you know, Buckingham is when you get to that, to what that looks like, you know, 10,000 square feet, when you're doing a deal, when you're looking at a deal and I, I know you're not crunching the numbers anymore, right? When that, when you get the, you know, when there's a green light, Hey, this is a pretty solid project. Is there, 
you know, is it like, hey, we have a funds, we have fund, we have like a fund we raise money through, or is it, you know, we syndicate, or is it just own personal Buckingham, you know, the money that's doing these deals? I, I'm curious on that, how, kind of how that works. Um, well, so when you say like crunching numbers, I'm evaluating the numbers, not putting them actually populating a performer or a spreadsheet. That's what my team is for. But we sit down and say, is this the right return? What is the cost of getting money? Um, and a lot of these are partnerships, like with Butler Till or Mindex um, or other developers. But um, we haven't done a fund yet. It's been talked about, you know, should we maybe think about playing with other people's money and going down that route? And um, everything's on the table. Um, we just haven't really done it. And I don't know if we will or won't. I think it's going to be a continued conversation. And if that project looks like it would work better that way, we would entertain that. Absolutely. Um, it just, it's not the way we've done it in the past. So we're, we're evolving a little bit as the, you know, things change, but, um, that was sort of the way we did things. We spend only the money we have, or at least we put our own money into it and banks always like having some equity into the into the deal and yeah um but someday if we grow up a little more we could i do that you know no i love it i i was always just curious how that works because you know we're you know always looking at when you talk to different people like i know when i talked to jeff cook at cook properties they have funds they always put their money into it their maybe their acquisition fee instead of taking that they'll actually put that into the deal or their or even their own you know reserves go into there too so just curious how you know when you get to it's still the same thing it's and we've probably done it every single way you can imagine because there's just a lot of different ways to structure the deals okay all right good all right so once you once you know one or two ways that work you know just stick to them that's yeah <laughs> why not yeah. uh out of the asset classes that you guys manage and own, is there one in particular that, eh, you know, I mean, if you can be candid, is there one that's like you're, you're like, this one was a awesome one that we didn't really think that was, you know, we didn't really know, like industrial. Uh, is that one or is there is there one or two that you really, really like that are like ones that you guys really want to focus on? Or is, is there ones or two, maybe one or two that eh, it's not really anything that we're really excited about any longer? Um, well, you know, our heart and soul is industrial and we've definitely come back to sort of trying to focus on industrial opportunities. Um, you know, those ugly buildings that you see, those typically perform the best and the beautiful towers that we own, they're tougher to work. You know, they, they, they have a lot of debt and when a big tenant leaves, especially these days with office, it's, it's going to be tough to fill them. Um, we're fortunate that we're doing pretty well, but the office market kind of scares us, obviously, for you know obvious reasons. Um, you know, something we've never gotten into is affordable housing or senior housing. Uh, we have partners that we use when we go into those type deals, and we just there's such a complexity to the funding process and the grants, especially for affordable housing and and. You know, those guys who do it, they're, they're masters of that and they know it. And it took them a long time to kind of get that knowledge. Um, so we, we stayed clear of that. And 
after that, we're kind of open for anything. But again, we like taking old buildings and putting them back together and bringing people back to an area, really. Yeah, yeah I, I, that's, uh, that's one of the things that has always uh, been, like you were saying, affordable housing is, is, is such a needed thing, but it, there's a lot of moving parts with that, with the, you know, the low income tax credits and, and just different things that you really need to be super specialized on. And, uh, you know, there's, you have to depend on some other things as well. So it, it can, it, it, like you said, you, you really want somebody who's, that's their main, maybe bread and butter. Yep. Uh, well, I, uh, I really just, wanted to ask you a, a couple of those questions that we got out already. And uh, I, don't, I really don't want to take up too much of your time. I said 30 to 40 minutes and I, uh, I want to be cognizant of your time, Ken. So I just wanted to say on you know behalf of the Marty Grisani show and the upstate New York real estate investors, you know, this has been amazing. I, I think a, a lot of people have gotten a ton from this and uh, you know, I guess if there's um, if there's anything that you might want to maybe uh, to part with, to let people know, you know, it, new exciting things that you might be working on a project we should be, you know, looking out for, uh, you know, maybe a, a Grateful Dead show that they should be booking to see anything like that, sir. Yeah. I don't, I mean, that's a tough question where, you know, where, you know I mean, just, um, have faith in Rochester, you know, that's what we, we all got it. We're all in this together. So come downtown, make it work. And we'll all be better off. I love that. I love that. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Ken, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks. Good to be here. Thanks. Thank you for tuning into the Marty Grisani show. If you're listening on Apple podcast, leave us an honest rating and review. If you're on Spotify, make sure you follow us for weekly episodes.